0: So thanks for joining us today on Leadership Blog, which is a podcast for the Air Force Life Cycle Management Center community on topics of interest. And the topic of interest today is learning something about women in the Air Force. And we've got three Air Force enlisted leaders with us today to, to help us uh, better understand what's going on in the force today. So uh, it, it, if we could, Master Sergeant Harper, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of uh, give us a little cur- of your career background?
1: Yes, hello everyone. My name is Master Sergeant Keisha Harper. I've been in the Air Force for 21 years. I'm a single mother of twins. Um, I received my master's in education while I was instructing um, in the Air Force. I've instructed in the Air Force for 12 of those 21 years. So I I got a little bit um, of variety in my career before becoming a first sergeant and hopefully I look to give back and, and help you all in your journeys. Thank you.
0: Well, mother of twins, that is, uh, that's that's a good challenge to deal with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll go to uh, Senior Master Sergeant uh, Rizinak.
2: Yes. Hello. Good afternoon. So just like you said, I am senior master sergeant Redzinek. I am the first sergeant for life cycle management center. I am unfortunately coming to a close on my diamond time. Um, So it's bittersweet, but I am a diagnostic imaging technologist by trade. So medical Uh, specialize in cat scan, x-ray mammography and ultrasound. And I've been in just over 16 years and I I too also have a master's degree in health
3: administration. Um, So, yes, that is who I am in a nutshell. Thank you. Yes. Uh,
0: Master Sergeant Suazo.
3: Yes, and everybody, I'm Master Sergeant Suazo. I am the headquarters AFMC first sergeant, and my primary AFSC is nutritional medicine. Um, I've been in the Air Force for about 22 years and I did nutritional medicine, um, inpatient and outpatient um, for the first 16 years of my career. And then I also did two years of um, out of high position as the IG superintendent at the ADA, prior to being selected as the first sergeant. Um, and just like Sergeant Resonet, I'm also on unfortunately on towards the end of my first sergeant's tour, so I'm about to take off my, my
0: diamond as well. Okay. So you all said that you are uh, currently serving as first sergeants. Um, so if you could um, maybe tell us a little bit about what the role of a first sergeant is and what specifically kind of drew you towards uh, performing that role. And we'll start with uh, Sergeant uh, Redzinak.
2: Yeah, thank you. So, First Sergeant, I always say our job, we just like run a huge gamut. It is a massive spectrum of our duties. And I really couldn't just like nail down, like, this is exactly what we do because each day is so different and challenges that our airmen are going through, we tackle. And I like to think of us as, Maybe I'll call us bulldozers. We actually take out obstacles for people as much as we can. And that is just what we love to do. I'm sure I could talk to any first sergeant and we just love to take care of people. So in addition to all the random things that we deal with, we build and maintain a mission ready force. So it comes to readiness. It comes to medical, their quality of life, even housing issues that they might be encountering. Uh, We take care of families as well. Uh, as a First Sergeant, we are not considered operational. So I honestly, I do not know the first thing about any of our AFSCs in lifecycle management center. I could never perform their jobs, but uh, I can take care of them so that they can perform their job as our airmen in the organization. And of course, we advise our commander, but I will turn it over to
3: uh, either Sergeant Harper or Swazo to elaborate a bit more.
0: Uh, Sergeant Swazza, we'll go to you next.
3: Yes, sir. So uh, just like Sergeant Resinac said, uh, so I see my role as a first sergeant as a conduit for for resources and to address any issues that affect any aspect of an airman's life. And uh, as a first sergeant, we wear different hats depending on the issue, depending on the day. So sometimes certain issues May need a direct approach. Sometimes there may be issues where you have to have a little bit more of an empathetic approach to it. So it just depends on really the needs of the airmen um, in your unit and what is currently happening. But like Sergeant Redson I said, we basically help with any issues that affects any aspect of an airman's
0: um, life in or And Sergeant Harper.
1: Yes, I'll go ahead and agree with what both has been said already. Uh, I'll just add that I like to call us the helping liaisons. We just find that way to hook people up with what they need and not just our Um, uniform wearing airmen. We also service civilian uh, people as well. Um, Our civilian family as well, shall I say, especially being in force support squadron. We have so many different um, people that are here, whether they're uh, previous military that take that information back to help out their people in their their sections and um, that can use us too. And and I also uh, wanted to add another little uh, name for us. We are our commanders protectors. Uh, we make sure that we can dig into regulations and find the things that'll kind of keep them out of trouble as well as mm-hmm. the rest of the squadron. Cause at the end of the day, we have to make sure we build a strong team at the top so we can effectively help our airmen.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've all reached a uh, kind of the upper levels of the enlisted corps, senior leaders. Um, I'm just kind of interested to know, when you were a young airman, who were your role models? Um, And can you give some, uh, maybe some examples of uh, something that that role model said or did for you that helped kind of influence your career path? Uh, And we'll start with uh, Sergeant Suazo. Yes, sir. So when I was a young airman, uh, I was working at a,
3: back then, we still had health and wellness centers. And that that was my I was assigned to as a young airman and I remember I had uh, my commander who was then a major um who just I guess believed in me so that she was able to give me opportunities to work above the rank that I was in so she gave me opportunities to like teach classes that may not necessarily be, offered to young airmen, um, those are usually NCOs. Uh, um, so she just was able to uh, give me opportunities to expand my skills and give me the confidence that I need so that as I um, progressed in in rank, that I, I was able to um, to perform above the rank that I currently live. Mm-hmm. Mr. Harper. Uh, Yes. So,
1: how much time do you have? There's so many people (laughs) that were uh, that I looked up to as role models, Um, and for me, well, I'll I'll pick one. Um, She was my first sergeant, but she was not a diamond-wearing first sergeant. So she was filling in for our first sergeant while they were out deployed. And when I tell you that, I don't believe that this lady slept because she was so involved in everything that was happening. Um, She really adopted me into her family. It was so personable. And she was there the day that my twins were born. Uh, was stationed right here at Wright-Patterson when that happened. And when I tell you to this day, that's one of the reasons why I came back to Wright-Patterson because of the influence of just genuinely good people who want to take care of people. And that kind of sent the the trend on being influential for me in in the Air Force as a young airman, and it didn't stop there. So you just kind of have to continually, or well, I had to still continually look because, yes, they're taking care of me, but that was at that level that I was as an airman. So when you progress to becoming a NCO, junior NCO, and senior NCO, there are still more that I had to learn as a person or as a military member. So I I latched on to another Senior NCO, Chief Master Sergeant now, um, who was able to instill more values in me and continue to grow me. So finding those people, knowing that not one person is gonna be your role model for the rest of your life. There's multiple people that can give back to you in the community of the Air Force.
0: And Senior Master Sergeant uh, Zach.
2: Yeah, I love that answer. That's awesome. And yes, so for me, uh, my role models were my supervisors, yet young in my career. I joined the Air Force because I had nothing else going on in my life, <laughs> to be honest with you. I didn't have college lined up. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was not passionate about anything. So I was like, let's let's ask the Air Force, maybe they'll figure it out for me. And luckily they did. And it's been fantastic. So those role models that were just engaged, my super- supervisors who molded me along that, along my career. So what they did is they were, like I said, they were engaged, but they also pushed me out of my comfort zone. So since I had a certain level of trust with them and engagement with them, I knew that they wanted the best for me. So I maintained an open mind to whatever it is that they needed from me. And of course, within reason and balance of my own um, mental health, right? Not too much on my plate where I can't function, but they were engaged. They pushed me in my comfort zone and continued my journey as a leader. Uh, they again would approach me and they would say, Hey, I think you'd be perfect for this, or I think you could handle this. And uh, sometimes you're a bit hesitant. I know some opportunities I'm not sure about when they would approach me with it, but um, I trusted them. I said, okay, let's do it. And then I was able to tap into my uh, more confidence as a leader and as an airman and continue that growth there. So they, I think Sergeant Swazo said it, she had a, an individual who saw her potential and that is directly related to my supervisors too. I think they saw potential. I was open-minded to them. I had a good attitude towards them and to new opportunities. And willing to get uncomfortable, um, you know, to grow more as a leader. And just like Sergeant Harper mentioned, too, I would echo that we are lifelong learners and we're in seasons of our careers where. Um, You know, just as an airman, of course, I had great mentors, but it didn't stop there. So I don't just learn from folks above me, but I also look for opportunities to learn from others. Uh, Sergeant Harper, she's been in for a long time as well as Sergeant Swazo, So they have a, a lot of wisdom there. So I don't just look up in my chain of command or in rank for that learning opportunity, but also look at my peers or even folks beneath my rank or below my rank who might have learning lessons
3: or something for me to gain from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So in in recent years, uh, uh, the Air Force has made some overtures towards trying to kind of improve the conditions that women have to serve within um, and it, this is drawing attention of even senior leadership you know in terms of like um the female fitment office which is an organization within uh, afl-cnc that is focused on trying to get the proper fitting gear and uniforms for women so that they can serve properly um, you know body armor for cops and flight suits actually designed for women um, and there's also been some changes. So now this kind of struck me as a little bit odd. I guess I, I probably don't have much reason to appreciate not be having hair. Um, but, uh, but I've talked to a number of women that, you know, some of the changes in hairstyling has made a huge difference in their morale. Um, and, uh, and, and so I wanted to just hear from you and, and see what you think about some of these changes and some of this uh, focus from leadership. So uh, Sergeant Swazil, we'll start with you.
3: Yes, sir. So for uh, particularly the hairstyle, right? Um, I think that aside from addressing the health issues or health concerns that came with putting your hair in a bun for such a long time, um, for for some women, especially earlier in their career, it's almost like their whole entire career. Um, It led to, I know it's segregated concerns for those that are suffering from migraines, uh there's hair loss. So but not only that, not not only addressing the health concerns, but I think it gave um, airmen the flexibility and the choice to wear their hair within standards, but in a way that suits them. Because we all know, you know, we have different we have different hair types, different hair lengths. And it shouldn't be a one size fits all. Um, you know, for somebody like me, my my hair is unfortunately longer, so I can't wear it down, but you know, I see I see airmen all the time who, you know, kind of wear their hair down or braided. And yeah, I think it's it's busy around and I think more than um more than anything, like I said, it's it their health. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think it's yep. one of the better um, changes that
0: we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, some people have remarked that uh, they they thought it was um, rewarding that leadership heard the concerns of of kind of the rank and file. You know um, that they they heard what people really wanted and they and they listened and responded to that. So uh, Sergeant Harper.
1: Yes, I am absolutely living proof of that. I mean, you, I mean, you can't really see, but the hair is down. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, it's, it's locked. Um, Something before as an airman, I couldn't do. Um, And that's part of my history. It's part of my heritage. It's where I'm from. And it really gave me a chance to connect to, to my roots a little bit more being, having that flexibility and the, you know, other people saw that and heard that and, and People don't walk around scared anymore because they're going to get approached by uh, the length of their hair or the way that their hair is styled. Now, I mean, we've got a whole array of colors we can put, pick from now. So you know, watch how people are actually able to embrace that and say, hello, progression. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to uh, the uniform, though, I'm, I'm happy that they're actually uh, changing things so we can, um, I say f- that they fit better. but personally for me, uh, it's still a little bit of a struggle. It's a hassle. And I'm sure that there's other people that can share that same sentiment with me because of the, the shapes of our bodies, the things that women go through, um, when it comes to having a child or, you know, just basic upkeep with age that comes along with our bodies and, um, our shapes and our, and, in. In trying new things, it's good to have the adjustment, but there still have to be flexibility, knowing that hey, you might have to go get something altered, even though we've made these progress, these positive steps for trying to help someone to fit in a uniform. Sergeant mm-hmm. Redznik and I actually had the opportunity to go over and and try on some new uniforms and and be able to 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 help boost the uh, the fitting uh, in that in aspect as well. So I am thankful for that, and and I'm looking forward to some more positive changes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, certain Britney's neck.
2: Yeah, no, that was a win. Uh, she was shadowing me right before she went and got her diamond, and I was like, "Let's go! We got a field trip." So. Yeah. Uh- a good good time and really interesting to see all the changes in our uniforms from PT gear, maternity wear, uh, mess dress, we now have pants option. So that is exciting and they look extra sharp. And I would also echo you sir, um, you took the words right out of my mouth. I believe that these changes are a testament to our senior leaders that they have asked the question for our quality of life and they want to know. And we gave those answers and they listened. They actually changed very rapidly our uh, policies and AFIs to make sure that they get it out correctly. And um, for the diversity, equity, and inclusion of our airmen, and just like Sergeant Harper said, for our individuality to a certain extent, right? Um, so I, I think it's a, a wonderful change and Sergeant Swazo hit the nail on the head with that some female airmen were experiencing hair loss, especially as they progressed in their career and having maybe to wear certain types of a uh, hair gel or hairspray, d- very tight bun. Um, they were they were losing hair, so I would imagine that would affect the quality of life of a female airman, and then uh, perhaps the physical issues of the migraines and headaches from the hair. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all moving in a great direction, and just like Sergeant Harper, and Sar- I'm sure Sergeant Swazo feels the same. But we're excited just to see what's next on the the forefront from our senior leaders and any other changes that, that we have for our airmen and guardians.
0: Uh, and so speaking of what's next, um, I'd like to see what your thoughts are. What, what is something that you think um, leadership should focus on or, or even within an organization, maybe something that supervisors should be aware of, you know, um, to be more inclusive and a little more accommodating um, and and taking advantage of all the the talents that people have within the organization. Um, Start with uh, Sergeant Harper.
1: I think I'm I'm a big advocate of communication, right? So a lot of times people think that if it's left unsaid, then it's gonna blow over and things will be okay in the end. if, If there's something that's not happening for you, Talk to people, put, I mean, I know surveys kind of get a little bit uh, of a hassle, but find out a way to really communicate with the people so they're able to have their voice be heard and don't just leave it out there and it make it seem like it's not um, as important because there's bigger issues that are out there. I think a lot of people get, feel like they get left behind because they don't um, hear their voice. Um, and the little changes make a difference. And I do appreciate those that have been put out for us, but um, just making sure that the, the communications stays open. So that that that's one thing that I would like to be addressed.
0: Yeah, and certain started written
3: Yes. No, communication is the key to all relationships and in, in addition to trust.
2: So that is a great, uh, great one there, sort of Harper. So some things uh, I believe that our leadership, whether it's squadron, maybe our supervisors or even senior leadership. So I thought about this really hard and I've come across it a few times in my career as a first sergeant. Um, I think as an enterprise, we are doing a fantastic job of focusing on our families and our airmen. Maybe it's the caregiver, uh, the parental leave that just came out and the alterations or edits that they did and really looking uh, to take care of our service members on a higher level. But what I think another change should be is maybe the establishment of a permissive TDY status for bereavement leave. So if one of our members loses uh, um, an immediate family member, then perhaps we could put them in a permissive TDY so they don't have to use emergency leave or ordinary leave that is chargeable. And then they can go and be with their family members. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. So they can go and be with their family members without having to utilize that leave balance or that bank. Um, so I would love to see that. I know a few years ago we heard some discussion of bereavement leave and in, in the works, but I would, I would, I think our airmen, our guardians would immensely benefit from that being an addition into our leave AFI. Um, I also just thinking and going off of what Sergeant Harper said with communication and to let us know like maybe there are things that need to be communicated to the command or supervisors that people might be struggling with, whether it's with their work or personal life. So something else is another initiative the Air Force is getting after It's called Fortify the Force Initiative. So this is in its infancy right now, but we're looking at ways we can embed um, agencies or resources that are specific to different career fields. For instance, we have crew chiefs, I'll just use them as an example. Mm-hmm. And you know, they are, a physic, it's a physically taxing job. So perhaps they would need um, a physical therapist embedded into their organization to assist in those PT type injuries. Um, so that's just an example, but really how do we get down to maybe an organizational culture, culture um, uh, like we, z- we focus in on each organizational culture to figure out what resources could they really benefit from and advocate for those uh, with our senior leaders.
0: Oh That's really interesting. Um, yeah, you can see the benefits of doing some some things like that um, and, and embedding that that help within an organization it makes it that much easier for the individuals to kind of reach out and 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 contact those people.
2: Yes, I think too that goes to what Sergeant Harper was saying is that perhaps there'll be ways to communicate with the Fortify the Force initiative from various career fields. So I would encourage everybody to utilize their voice, whether it's in a a questionnaire or an email, um, to give that feedback so we can make that change for the future and help
3: our members.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Sergeant uh, Suazo. Yes, sir. So I think our our leaders are on the right
3: of the changes that uh, you know been happening lately from uh, uniforms to maternity leave to what they're looking to for another EPR change to maybe going into a narrative. But one of the programs that I've, I've been hearing about um, in the past few years that has not really gained momentum, um, which I think that I think would very, uh, very much be beneficial, um, would be it's called true north. I don't know if Sergeant Resnick Sergeant Harper has, um, heard of it before. I know some bases that have tested it, uh, to where it's just like you know, Sergeant uh, Resnick said they take, um, they take subject matter experts like the M flag for a social worker, um, maybe a chaplain, um, and embed them into the where they're physically there so that when something happens, mm-hmm. they don't have to go to the shirt and say, hey, we're having this problem. They can directly go to that resource. Um, and I just want to gain momentum over time. But, um, and again, not all units may may need it, uh, but there's definitely some units, especially with um, high ops tempo, like security forces, Uh, and even med group, because sometimes, you know, since they have the mental health, since they have all these clinics, and sometimes we forget that there's customers too. you know, people go to them for counseling, but that's, some of those, um, some of those cases are hard to hear. So what if you yourself as a mental health technician need to talk to somebody, who do you go to? So I think those are, are things that are, that, that may need to be addressed or needs to be, at least the services needs to be fortified. Um, and just, yeah, taking maybe uh, doing more resources for families. Um, I know we still have some kinks in the ESMP or the Exceptional Family Member Program that we can look into. Um, child care, definitely, as we've seen during the um, pandemic, you know, we had issues with child care um, when the CBC shut down. Um, and of course, the vein on every First artist existence is the family care plan, so those are just some of the few things that I think need to be looked at and maybe you know if there are no longer if there are programs that are no longer um relevant that they need to be replaced with something better or to just yeah go. that's mm-hmm. thank you so I'm Yes, those were great ideas too. Um,
2: But going with what Sergeant Suazo said, embedded resources like a true north, that is fantastic. Not only because it's right there in the unit and easily accessible, especially for career fields, I would imagine a lot of career fields, it's hard to break away from your mission. So if you have to travel, you know, perhaps to a different side of the base to go see it, that's quite a lot of time out of pocket. So I love the idea of embedded resources. If we could get more of those into our units, but also because it puts a face to a title. I could could brief what an MFLAC does a lot. Which I do in my newcomers, or just throughout normal counselings, and of course all of our various items or chaplains, our mental health. I could brief that it's on a slide. You know, it's it's is in my office while we're counseling. But if I had them embedded. I could walk them around as the first sergeant, and I could tell people, like, hey, this is your chaplain, this is your MFLAC. And then they build a rapport, and then we break down maybe some stigmas or barriers where people are, you know, they don't want to seek the help. Um, But if they have relationships, hopefully those conversations would just happen organically over time as trust is built and familiarity with those uh, embedded resources. So I hope one day we get to that type of um, you know construct where we have those embedded resources and but that is spread equally among our units and not just like the high ops tempo and right. the current ones that have them
0: yeah I, I know uh, we we reported on a story a while back uh, this was for um, like predator operators, people that flew uh, predators and reapers and that kind of thing, and you know what it sometimes be um, you know visually see images that were you know disturbing and so they had embedded help in those organizations again because you build a rapport with that person on a kind of a daily basis it's the guy that you walk past in the hallway all the time and so you're a little bit more comfortable sitting down and kind of talking to that person as opposed to getting in your car and driving across the base and going over to see somebody that you've never met before you know uh, which is tough i mean it's just you know it's just a challenge for people so yeah. Uh, yeah, so that'd be a great program.
2: And I will even say, in total vulnerability here, but in one of my past organizations, as a shirt, I had an MFLAC embedded into our into our group or our wing, and that was fantastic. And I will tell you, before that, I probably had a lot of heartburn with going to talk to someone in that type of role. Um, mm-hmm. But as I built a relationship with her, just in passing, how are you know my folks doing? Is there things I should be looking out for that I could be getting better getting after a little bit better as a shirt, uh, that opened a uh, relationship for her and I, for me to just go talk to her, just with anything that I'm dealing with. So I had that ear, just like Sergeant Swazo said, like, who listens to the mental health folks, right? So um, I had that ear to bend and just vent to, which opened up a whole different perspective for me.
0: Okay. So we're just about to the end of our time, but before we close, I just want to see if there's anything that we've left out or anything that you would like to add. Uh, So let's go around, Uh, Sergeant Suazo, Any anything else that you'd like to hit on?
3: Uh, No, sir. I just, you know, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity for inviting me this afternoon, and I definitely enjoyed, you know, my time with Sergeant Resnick and Sergeant Harper. Not that you know I didn't see them this morning, (laughs) but
0: it's always great to be um, in, in an event with you, too.
1: Okay. Hey, Sergeant Harper. Uh, again, echo that same thing. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak today. Um, it's Women's History Month, so I, I, I like to hit on a few things just to, so little take home nuggets for people. Just remember, hey, we don't all fit one mold, I'm not super emotional all the time. I'm not always experiencing something that is going to be earth shattering. You know, the, we, we are strong creatures, strong individuals. Uh, people put a lot on their plates. And, you know, at, in addition to that being a first sergeant, our doors are still always open. Our phones are always on. We're ready to help wherever we can. Um, so I just want people to remember those things. When you. When you do call somebody, you're, you're never a bother. You're never a hindrance. We're all we're we are that helping agency where you're in some cases, some people's second moms or, or pops, regardless <laughs> uh, of who you are, where you work. Um, we here because we want to be not because we have to be. And again, thank you and enjoy a wonderful day. Thank you.
0: And certainly night.
1: Yes, oh, I love it. That was perfect, and I
2: would say this is the best job in the Air Force. Just gonna throw it out there. It is the most rewarding job and a challenging job, but it is where growth happens. If you want, I feel like I'm recruiting, but I am because um, I'm very passionate about this role. But if you want to get out of maybe like that AFSC, you're just kind of in this tunnel vision of. You know, whatever the AFSC that you've been in your whole career and you want to broaden that perspective for sergeant is the duty for you and wanting to help people because that is what this job is all about. And it is so rewarding when you're able to give um, so much of ourselves to invest into them, whether it's mentoring them or getting them through like the darkest day of their life or darkest season of their life or their best season of their life and celebrating with them. It truly is the best job. So I'm just going to put a plug there. If anybody's Mm -hmm. like teetering, just like I said, it's time to get uncomfortable. uh, Or excuse me, time to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable, I suppose, if you're teetering on that idea or go talk to your shirt uh, to get some more insight. But the last thing I'll add is, of course, I want to thank you for inviting us and allowing us to have this time today in the platform. But I also want to add there is so much going on right now. In the world, in our personal lives, uh, we're all in different seasons of our lives and different uh, difficulties that we could be dealing with uh, no matter our age or our rank. You know, life doesn't discriminate against who it Mm -hmm. affects. Um, right. But I just want to remind our members, just to make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Take time uh, out of your probably a very busy ops tempo and your work centers. Just make sure you're taking time for you. And if you have family, take time for those folks too. And I will leave it there, sir. Turn it back to you.
0: Well, thanks very much for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your thoughts with us uh, and helping uh, educate us on the uh, on the situation today. So. Thanks very much for joining us on Leadership Blog. Yes,
3: thank you. Thank you.